fables one hundred eighteen to one hundred twenty three of cobwebs from an empty skull this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by dion gines salt lake city utah cobwebs from an empty skull by ambrose bierce fables one hundred eighteen to one hundred twenty three fable one hundred eighteen a facetious old cat seeing her kitten sleeping in a bathtub went down into the cellar and turned on the hot water for the convenience of the bathers the bath was arranged in that way you had to undress and then go down into the cellar to let on the wet no sooner did the kitten remark the unfamiliar sensation than he departed thence with a willingness quite creditable in one who was not a professional acrobat and met his mother on the kitchen stairs aha my steaming hearty cried the elder grimalkin i coveted you when i saw the cook put you in the dinner-pot if i have a weakness it is hair hair nicely dressed and partially boiled whereupon she made a banquet of her suffering offspring adversity works a stupendous change in tender youth many a young man is never recognized by his parents after having been in hot water fable one hundred nineteen it is a waste of valor for us to do battle said a lame ostrich to a negro who had suddenly come upon her in the desert let us cast lots to see who shall be considered the victor and then go about our business to this proposition the negro readily assented they cast lots the negro cast lots of stones and the ostrich cast lots of feathers then the former went about his business which consisted of skinning the bird moral there is nothing like the arbitrement of chance that form of it known as trilbigerie is perhaps as good as any fable one hundred twenty an author who had wrought a book of fables the merit whereof transcended expression was peacefully sleeping atop of the modest eminence to which he had attained when he was rudely awakened by a throng of critics emitting adverse judgment upon the tales he had builded apparently said he i have been guilty of some small grains of unconsidered wisdom and the same have proven a bitterness to these excellent folk the which they will not abide ah well those who produce the strasbourg pate and the feather pillow are prone to regard us as rival creators i presume it is in course of nature for him who grows the pen to censure the manner of its use so speaking he executed a smile a hand's breadth in extent and resumed his airy dream of dropping ducats fable one hundred twenty one for many years an opossum had anointed his tail with bear's oil but it remained stubbornly bald-headed at last his patience was exhausted and he appealed to bruin himself accusing him of breaking faith and calling him a quack why you insolent marsupial retorted the bear in a rage you expect my oil to give you hair upon your tail when it will not give me even a tail why don't you try under draining or top dressing with light compost they said and did a good deal more before the opossum withdrew his cold and barren member from consideration but the judicious fabulist does not encumber his tail with extraneous matter lest it be pointless fable one hundred twenty two so disreputable a lot as you are i never saw 
said a sleeping rat to the casks in a wine-cellar always making night hideous with your hoops and hollows and disfiguring the day with your bunged-up appearance there is no sleeping when once the wine has got into your heads i'll report you to the butler the sneaking tail-bearer said the casks let us beat him with our staves requiescat in pas muttered a learned cobweb sententiously requires a cat in the place doesn't it shrieked the rat then i'm off to explain all the wisdom imparted by this fable would require the pen of a pig and volumes of smoke fable one hundred twenty three a giraffe having tridden upon the tail of a poodle that animal flew into a blind rage and wrestled valorously with the invading foot hello sonny said the giraffe looking down what are you doing there i am fighting was the proud reply but i don't know that it is any of your business oh i have no desire to mix in said the good-natured giraffe i never take sides in terrestrial strife still as that is my foot i think eh cried the poodle backing some distance away and gazing upward shading his eyes with his paw you don't mean to say by jove it's a fact well that beats me a beast of such enormous length such preposterous duration as it were i wouldn't have believed it of course i can't quarrel with a non-resident but why don't you have a local agent on the ground the reply was probably the wisest ever made but it has not descended to this generation it had so very far to descend end of fables one hundred eighteen to one hundred twenty three